0: You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this is Theology for the Rest of Us, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being a part of the audience for this podcast. I am so grateful for you, so grateful for the uh, loyal listeners that I've got, the, the fan base, the uh, the regular peeps that I engage with. Man, I'm so grateful for all of you. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're new to the podcast, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part today. Uh, glad to have you. This is episode 225. I'm going to answer the question, what is the law? Uh, the Old Testament law, and why does it matter? Um, This episode is being inspired by an email I got from a regular listener uh, named Kayleen. uh, Kaylin I believe is pronounced. Um, Email goes like this. Hi, Kenny. My name is Kaylin and I've been listening to your podcast recently, and they've taught me so much and have been really helpful and informative. I listened to your podcast about legalism yesterday, and you said to read the book of Galatians. As I started, I read a lot talking about the law, which obviously ties in with legalism, I'd assume, but I was just wondering if you had an episode that talks about the law more in depth. Um, If not, could you create one? Uh, great question, uh, Kalyn. First, let me just say thank you for being a regular listener. Thank you for your email. Thank you for your kind and encouraging words. It is encouraging to me. It is incredibly humbling and exciting to know that this podcast has been helpful and informative for you. I um, also want to give you a, just a big shout out for, for actually going and reading the book of Galatians. I mean, it I, you know, I you listen to one of my episodes, and in that episode, I recommend that you should go read the Book of Galatians, and you actually took my advice on that, uh, which again is very humbling for me and sobering to know that there are people out there taking my advice. So it's, it is very sobering, very humbling, um, and also very exciting for me. So just a big shout out to you for just being willing to put the effort into to do some studying, to to, to dig into the scriptures, um, to really you know get what God has for you. So just uh, just Mazel tough for you. Just big thumbs up to you. Just so thankful for people like you and. Some of the great listeners that I've got. Um, <clears throat> there is multiple times throughout the, throughout the course of the New Testament where the law has been talked about or has been alluded to in one way or another. In essence, the law uh, was the 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 list of rules and regulations, the list of expectations, so to speak, that God gave. To the Jewish nation of Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, let me give you a quick history lesson, just in case you're not familiar. Um, in the in the in the book of Genesis, we've got uh, you know Adam and Eve were created. We've got their kids. We've got a a, a variety of other people that live. Uh, then we we go you know a long period of time later. We've got uh, Noah and God then sends a flood as a form of judgment. Then we've got Noah and Noah's ark. Noah and his family get off the Ark. Many of you are very familiar with the story of Noah and the Flood. Um, he gets off, then he has kids, and on and on. Then we eventually come to a guy named Abraham. Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob... Um, becomes the, the, the sort of the the founding father of the nation of Israel the the Jewish country uh, you know the people of Israel the Israelites um, they they have the, the Hebrew language so they're also known as the Hebrews um, <clears throat> Jacob then has a bunch of kids um, one of one of the prominent ones is a man named Joseph you can read about Joseph's story from Genesis 37 through the end of Genesis uh, the book of Genesis Genesis 50 um, but all of Jacob's children they they become the uh, the forefathers of of the different tribes of Israel, there are 12 different tribes of Israel. Um, through kind of a long, crazy set of circumstances, the Jewish people, uh, you know, the the Israelite people, the Hebrew people, end up as uh, they end up living in Egypt. Then they become slaves. They're in Egypt for 400 years. God raises up this man named Moses. Uh, as the leader to lead them out of Israel, you can read about this in the book of Exodus. Just some really incredibly awesome things that God did to rescue them from uh, enslavement in Egypt. So they go out into uh, into the wilderness, and God is preparing them <clears throat> before they go into a particular piece of property that God has set aside for them, um, which was known as the Promised Land. Um, and for 40 years, they wander around. <clears throat> they're they're living in a desert in this in this in the wilderness actually in between the promised land and egypt eventually uh, after 40 years of being of living in the wilderness god raises up a, a new leader moses uh, actually actually dies god raises up a new leader named joshua and joshua leads the people actually into the promised land and they create the nation of israel that would uh, that would exist in one way or another you know for for fourteen hundred years or so, um, up until the time of Jesus, and then obviously beyond. Um, of course, by the time Jesus shows up on the scene, the nation of Israel is actually an occupied territory of the Roman Empire. Um, the The law was given to the Jewish people by God during that time period. After the Egyptian enslavement, after uh, they leave Egypt, with the event we call the Exodus when they leave Egypt, but before Joshua actually leads them into the Promised Land, that forty-year period in between, um, they're they're basically wandering around the desert, and God is teaching them a variety of things, uh, mainly through their leader, Moses, who was, uh, was not only the leader and the kind of the spiritual shepherd of the people, he was also their prophet. And God spoke through Moses to the people, and he gave them a bunch of expectations. He said, I want you to do all these different things. I want you to be like this. I want you to live like this. Um, he first starts with the first ten uh, rules, so to speak. He gives them, we know, as the Ten Commandments. Um, Many, obviously many people listening to this, you're going to be very familiar with the Ten Commandments. Um, The Ten Commandments were the first sort of bits of the law that God gave them. Here are the ten things that I want you to abide by. These are the, these are major things. And then, after that, God gives them a bunch of additional rules and expectations. There's actually, and over the course of time, God ends up giving them more than six hundred different commandments they are to follow. Um, and the different commandments they kind of fall into different categories. Some of the commandments are, some of the the, the rules, the expectations that God gives the Jewish people um, are are rules that are on, on how they're supposed to live to be moral like how do you live as a good follower of god how, how do you do what does it really mean to be a good moral ethical person, to be a, a quote-unquote good person. What, is it, what does that really look like? There are moral laws that God gives to Jewish people. Um, that's kind of one bucket or one category. There's different types of laws, different types of commandments. The first type, the first category that God gives is these moral laws. God also gives them ceremonial laws or ceremonial commandments. These are things they were supposed to do in different ceremonies, different holidays, different festivals, different parties, with different moments moments of worship, different things they were doing before they actually entered into worship. There they they was were supposed to be a, a ritual of washing they went through. And there's all these different laws, different commandments that God gives them that they're supposed to follow um, as they go through different ceremonies when they are worshiping God or they are remembering things God did for them in the past. Uh, in fact, throughout the history of Israel, the oftentimes whenever god would do something major the people would then kind of make a holiday and every year after that they would celebrate what god had done which is awesome um but as they celebrated the different things that god did there were these different ceremonies they had to go through and there were different commandments they had to follow to make sure that they were they were participating in the ceremonies properly um, and then there's a third type of law there's the civic law these are the kind of the laws of the nation just like we here in the United States um, we have laws you know uh, you know eat the pay your taxes you know, don't murder um, you know don't speed don't go over the speed limit like right There's all these different laws and thousands of laws in the books across the United States and different states and different jurisdictions um, those are civic laws those are laws passed Uh, by the by the governors or the leaders of your society the politicians and the leaders uh, of your particular country your particular region or jurisdiction the people who are leading you in that area um, they pass these certain laws these certain expectations certain things you're supposed to do or certain things you're not supposed to do those are called civic laws and every country on planet earth has civic laws um and civic laws are meant to basically bring order to your society to kind of help things run smoothly, to protect people, to help people, to create a quality infrastructure within a society in which you live. So those are civic laws. So in essence, during the 40 years in the wilderness, after they leave Egypt, but before they go into the promised land, God gave them all these laws and they, write them, they wrote them down. And again, there's three different types of laws. There was the moral law, there's the civic law, there was a the ceremonial law. And the people of Israel were expected to to follow those laws uh, all the time. And if they didn't follow those laws, there were certain things they had to do um, or they have to suffer certain consequences. Um, and you couldn't just worship God whenever you wanted if you had broken the law. You had to do certain things. If you broke any of the laws, you would be considered unclean and you'd have to do certain things to kind of get back on the good side, to kind of be labeled clean again. So really, really important. Um, there, there are laws related to diet, to festivals. To how you raise your family, how uh, how we're to punish certain sins, um, how we're to forgive certain sins. I mean, there's there's this long list, again, more than 600 different commandments that are in the Old Testament that are recorded that were for the Israelite people for them to follow. Um, However, fast forward to the New Testament. We get to the book of Romans and the Apostle Paul, as he's writing in the book of Romans, makes very clear that none of us actually have the ability to follow the law perfectly. Only one human has ever done that. His name is Jesus. He followed God's law perfectly. The rest of us, all of us have broken the law God's law of the Old Testament in one way or another. All of us have broken it, in fact, in many different ways, and all of us are guilty in the sight of God. But God knew that we were guilty uh, and we couldn't fulfill the law. God knew that. When God gave us the law, he actually wasn't intending on us following it per se. Like, yes, we should seek to be moral. Yes, we should seek to, uh, to 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 honor God with our lifestyle choices. But the purpose of the law wasn't primarily to actually teach you how to live. That's not what the law was for. The law was actually given to us to show us how sinful we actually are. As you read through the book of Romans, you'll see the apostle Paul, he basically is telling us that the law is kind of like a mirror. Um, if your hair is messed up and you got stuff in your teeth and maybe you got some, you know, some some dirt on your forehead, but if you don't have a mirror, you don't know. You don't know how dirty you are and how bad you look unless you have a mirror, right? But if someone hands you a mirror and you go, "Oh my gosh, uh, my hair's messed up. I got dirt in my forehead. I got broccoli in my teeth. I'm a mess." You realize how messy you really are and how bad you look by looking in the mirror. Well, the law is kind of like that. God gave them the law, not necessarily for the purpose of them to follow it in the long term. They did follow it in the short term and before Jesus, from the time they entered into the promised land until the time Jesus was born, they were were called upon to follow the law. But that wasn't the overarching purpose. There's a transcendent reason or a, a bigger and more grand reason of why God gave us the law in the first place. And the apostle Paul makes it clear in the book of Romans that the law was given to us to expose in us our own depravity. The law is like a mirror, and it was given to us to show us how messed up and how jacked up we really are. See, all of us sin, all of us do bad things, all of us do wicked, stupid things, all of us make sinful, immoral, unethical choices every single day. All of us do. All of us have defied God. All of us have been disobedient. The book of Romans says, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the reality for all of us. But many of us don't realize how sinful we act are. We don't realize how bad we actually are. So God gives us the law and we look at the law. We look at these 600 commandments and we realize how, how inadequate we are. We go, I can't follow that one. I can't follow that one. I can't follow that one. Oh my gosh, this list is so long. I'll never be able to follow all of the laws. I'm a, I'm a hot mess. And that's the whole point of law. You see, we were dirty and sinful, and God says, I need to give you something to help you realize how dirty you actually are, because you're actually worse than you realize. You're actually worse than you realize. The law was given to you so that you can realize how often you break the law, because you didn't. without knowing the law, you wouldn't have known how often you break it. So God specifically gives us the law so that we can realize how sinful we actually are. And ultimately looking at the law and realizing that we can't fulfill the law should point us to Christ. We look at Christ who who followed the law perfectly, and he is our representative. He does it for us. And we can put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone, and we can be saved. See, if you try to follow the law, if you try to be saved by following the law, you're going to fail. I mean, if you could follow the law perfectly, then you could earn your way to heaven, but you can't because you're human and you're sinful. So when you look at the law and you realize that you can't fulfill it and you can't satisfy it and that you are a failure, then you need to look to Jesus and you realize that it is only Christ that can rescue you. Only Christ that can save you. He is your only hope because if you try to do it on your own by following the law, my friends, you're going to fail miserably. The law was focused on helping us recognize how sinful and flawed we truly are so that it would point us to Jesus, so that we would run to Christ. Let me close this episode by reading you a quote from one of my favorite authors, a man by the name of Tim Keller. He says this, he says, The gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. And yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Friends, you are more sinful than you realized. But in Christ, you are more loved than you ever possibly could understand. The law was meant to point you to the truth of the gospel, that Christ loves you. He died for your sins and he rose from the dead. If you put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone, you can be rescued. That, my friends, is the ultimate purpose of the law, to point us to Jesus. What a beautiful gift God gave us when he gave us the law. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope this has been helpful and insightful. I hope it is encouraging and that it pushes you to put all of your faith in Christ. Kaylin, thanks for for the email. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. Thanks for your encouragement. Really appreciate having you. Uh, For anyone listening to this, if you have a question or topic that you want me to address on the show, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you know someone that you think would be a great interview guest, I'd also love to hear from you. Let me know so I can interview that person. Shoot me an email. The address is is hey Ortiz at com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter. I love the tweet. Find me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Hey, to ensure that you never miss an episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the show in the Apple Podcast Player or in your favorite podcast player, whatever that may be. That'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as they go live. And if you love the podcast, do me a huge favor, leave us a great review on whatever podcast player you're using. Those reviews are a big, big help to the show because they help us reach more people. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.